Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Ours is a world in which convenience just seems to grow and grow. Technology is bringing us wonderfully convenient ways to do things that we want to do every day and introducing us to things we didn't even know we wanted to do until we were enticed to try them. And then we got hooked. In-home digital assistants like Alexa and Echo are good examples. Of course, access to these wonders sometimes costs money. Some local governments, school systems, and software developers have been keen to extend some of these conveniences to the general public so that everyone, whether they have significant financial resources or not, can use and enjoy the use of these new technologies. We seem to be living in a time of increasingly free access to some technologies, whether laptops provided to school children, an area in which Maine was a leader, free Wi-Fi access, and even free phone calls in major cities like New York at present and Toronto, Philadelphia, and London in the not-too-distant future, or free electronic games for children. But as we often note, there is, alas, no such thing as quote-unquote free when it comes to technology. What's different now is not whether something we use is free, because it isn't, but just how we pay for it. Take the Link NYC program, for example. In a previous episode of The Electronic Cottage, we took a look at New York City's program to provide, quote, free, unquote, Wi-Fi kiosks across New York City, many located in old phone booths. These kiosks are nine and a half feet high and feature dual 55-inch screens. Right now, there are over 1,600 of these kiosks in place in New York, with an ultimate goal of putting 7,500 around the city. The kiosks provide gigabyte internet access to anyone with an internet-capable device within 150 feet or so of a kiosk. No personal device with you? No problem. Each kiosk will have an Android-enabled touchscreen built into it. People can use the touchscreen to access information about the city and its services. There'll also be a 911 button in case of an emergency. And users will be able to make phone calls within the U.S. and, of course, browse the web. The kiosks even have charging stations for computers, phones, or what have you. Pretty cool, eh? Sure, at least at first glance. Oh yeah, and each kiosk also has three cameras, 30 sensors, and the ability to see above crowd level. So who's paying for all this? Not the city. In fact, the city is supposed to actually generate income through advertisements that'll be shown on those 55-inch screens. Naturally, users will have to sign in with an email address if they want to use the kiosk screen or to use the Wi-Fi service on their own devices. Not surprisingly, a lot more information than an email address will be collected from people who do use the kiosks or the Wi-Fi. According to CityBridge, the operator of the kiosks, quote, We collect certain information to help us operate and provide the services to you. We collect this technical information when you use the services, including MAC address, anonymized, IP address, browser type inversion, time zone setting, browser plug-in types inversions, 
operating system and platform, device type, and device identifiers. Information about your visits, including the full URL clickstream to, through, and from, including date and time, websites owned or operated by CityBridge. Information used to facilitate your use of the services, such as access to third-party websites and services, including URL requests, destination IP addresses, configuration details, or other information necessary to provide access to the services. We will not store your browsing history or track the websites you visit when you use your personal device to access the services. We retain anonymized MAC addresses for one year in order to facilitate automatic login to the network without re-registration. We delete all other technical information about individual sessions 60 days from the end of the session. End quote. That doesn't sound too bad, at least at first. But there's a lot of potential for uses of that information that's being collected, not to mention the footage being collected by the cameras in each kiosk, and maybe the sensors as well. Those potentials have been enough to alarm the American Civil Liberties Union, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and some local groups like Rethink Link NYC, whose concerns we looked at in an earlier program. One major concern is that these kiosks, by collecting MAC addresses, which are unique to any particular device, make it very possible to construct a picture of where a cell phone, for example, was and when it was there. Assuming that a cell phone belongs to a particular person, over time, that information can provide a pretty good example of surveillance, especially when coupled with the video from 7,500 planned kiosks and the 22,500 cameras they will contain. If you walk on a New York street, whether you choose to use the kiosk-provided Wi-Fi or not, your face will be on camera when you come anywhere near one of the kiosks. Lower Manhattan is already vying with London as the most surveilled city in the world. A Londoner's image is captured on a video camera an average of 300 times a day. The temptation to use the images captured by kiosk cameras for all sorts of purposes will be very powerful indeed. So, if the city's not providing the money to offer free Wi-Fi and may even make money from advertisements that will appear on the kiosk's large screens, who's providing the money and why? The group that has a contract with the city is called CityBridge. As The Intercept has pointed out, the key player in CityBridge is an outfit called Intersection. And one of Intersection's largest investors is a company called Sidewalk Labs. Got that? Wonder of wonders, Sidewalk Labs is owned by Alphabet, who most of us know as the company formerly known as Google. Google, as we all know, makes its money by collecting as much information about each of us as it possibly can, and then selling that information to all sorts of other organizations and companies who may use it for their own purposes. We may be forgiven if we think that all of the talk of free, quote-unquote, is a little misleading. We don't pay with cash for services, but we do pay. 
and we'll do our best to understand how we pay and some of those costs right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.